morning or afternoon. Hello. Or whenever you're listening to it. Uh, welcome to the, what's it called? On the Rocks podcast with me, Neil Jackson. And me, Tom B. Right. Uh, welcome back to uh, whichever episode we're on now. Six, I think. May have to edit that out later. But um, of series two. And today, what we've been doing is we've been sort of coming up with um, titles for each other or discussion points. And uh, with very little notice, we tell each other what we're going to do. So last week was mine on the five remembrances. And this week it's Tom. And today we are discussing... Dealing with stress. Oh. Yeah, so thanks, Neil. And hello, everybody. Um, The title of this episode's come from my own experiences... Um, I am also a teacher and I've got up and coming results uh, that my kids have done and for some reason every year I get myself into uh, an increasingly wound up state and I'm interested to see Neil's experiences and discuss my experiences of dealing with stressful situations both in sport and in life. This is not about um, mental health dealing with mental health issues that's something we'll talk about later on it's just dealing in, in much more detail just dealing with everyday event uh, situations that can get out of hand and just some some ideas that that you know we both have um so start off start nearly a question so we're in a, you know you're you're in surfing and you're experiencing you know waves a little bit bigger than you expected um it's quite big drops you know and human nature you're going to feel a little bit a little bit angsty, a little bit, you know, a little bit wound up by, a little bit concerned. Just think, what's, what goes through your mind when you're experiencing that? Well, I think it's interesting, it's changed over the years, because if I go back 20 years when I was a bit younger, or 20 years younger, there was a lot of ego involved, so I wouldn't yeah. sort of back down in front of other people. So I might have been feeling quite scared, but... I'd have just gone for it anyway, for the fear of uh, somebody having a laugh at me or just, you know, sort of bruised ego, I suppose. So that would have been 20 years ago. Yeah, when we were kayaking some of the rivers, you just wouldn't. And it was dangerous. As uh, I'm not sure I've recounted the tale. I'm not going to do it now. But the three of us came very close, very, very close to not being here. Um, and that was a lot of ego involved in not nobody of the three saying, hold on, we shouldn't be on this river. So... That sort of overcomes the fear and you just get on with it, the sort of bravado thing. So that that used to be the way. Um, but that's changed certainly over the years. And when it comes to surfing in particular, um, I think on the, in a Series 1, I'm not sure we did actually, or was it? No, we probably haven't. But um, there was a time last year when the first time ever I've not gone in. I got down to the beach and just stood there and thought, no, I'm not going in. Um which is a sort of turning point in my uh, surfing development because I never do that. I always, I've always gone in. And it was just a bit heavy. My shoulder was giving me a bit of jip. So there was a million excuses I could come up with at the time to justify not doing it. But because I sort of wasn't afraid of showing my vulnerability in front of you, because I was with Tom at the time, you know, if he'd have said, yeah, that's, that's my soft you, why aren't you going in sort of thing, I'd have... Uh, I wouldn't have minded, you know, because I know Tom wouldn't necessarily do that. You know, we we will G each other up to go in certain times, but not if one of us is, no, we're not going in, then uh, the other one will respect that. Tom went in and had a good beating. <laughs> Proper beating, yeah. But, uh, but then I went back and then my ego, interestingly, sort of came in a bit because I went in that afternoon and somewhere just as big 
But mm. I don't know, it was weird. I just felt I had to go in then. Um, but when we're out on the surf and it gets a bit bigger, what I do nowadays, I think, is sort of... To some extent, it's something I did a few years ago because I think we discussed recently where I said I sort of had a very short, especially when kayaking, it's like, well, you know, I'm probably not going to live past 30 and I was okay with that. And there's a similar take on it now, but not in a reckless way. So I'm sort of like, you know, impermanence, if you bring it back to a sort of Buddhist standpoint. Impermanence, yeah, we are going to die somewhere now. I'm just as probably more likely to die driving to the beach than I am taking a drop on a wave or Mm. surfing a big wave. You know, we're quite fit, well-trained in surf of all types now. So, you know, I tend to back myself in most conditions, and especially with the amount of swimming and body surfing we've been doing. I don't feel, you know, lose your board, whatever. I'd mm. probably be all right. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of that impermanence thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I could die, but I'm going to die somewhere. So why not make the most of life mm. and, uh, you know, just get in there, enjoy it. And so as for calming myself down, I don't know. I don't know if I need to. I'm sort of out there and... I don't know, it's difficult yeah. to explain. Do you want to, like to take you back a little yeah. bit? You, you said about, in your early days, you talked about the... It was all, we're talking about fear here, ultimately, I suppose. So you talked before about the fear was... The fear of looking weak to your peers was more significant than the fear, fear of death. Of death. Yeah. I mean, you may be, were you aware of what the dangers were? Oh yeah. So, the, so yeah. the fear of losing face, to looking, well, I think looking it, weak. It made an adventure as well. You know, if if yeah. there was if things really went Pete Tong, then there was a hell of a story. I mean, and I've dined mm. out on the story of our mm. the Avon Ned Fecken story for uh, for twenty years now. You yeah. know, and uh, so there's always that element of yes, it's something that could be quite exciting mm. and it's something which will make a good story mm-hmm. so yeah there was that as well as the ego um but yeah we knew the risks we certainly knew the risks but i think fear only will come if you start pontificating or considering the risks mm-hmm. too much once you start that ruminating and the, the processing of the fear in your in your head a guy i know called edward young uh hi ed if you're listening somewhat doubt it um he always said, you know, it's only fear if you think it is. It's mm. this sort of thing. So as soon as you start, yeah, I know this is dangerous. I know paddling out at a certain you know, reef break, it's very shallow, it's quite hollow. That's going to be quite dangerous. But if I start then thinking about the processes, right, well, what happens if I do land on the reef? What happens if I do mm. that? Then the fear will build up and the anxiety will build mm. up and then you're more likely to. Whereas having a healthy respect for it, Yes, I realise that it's shallow, but this is how I'm going to get off. So it's more like a positive viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I realise it's shallow, so I'm going to, if I do have to bail, I'm going to make sure I bail flat mm. rather than dive deep sort of thing or yeah. just be more aware. So a more rational analysing of the risks than perhaps a knee-jerk reaction to the risks. So that comes from experience, ultimately. I mean, I, I take, taking it back to work as... A couple of years ago, one, I suppose, and, um, I, I started doing some basic kayaking with Neil, and I found that, that it was, um, I, I would genuinely be terrified of a really, really gentle, gentle rapid. Like, completely irrational fear 
of it. But I had no, I did no experience to call back on. I had just the stories. I had no, I had no skill with which to, you know, learning some basic skills. But I had no, you know, um, you know, how am I going to deal with this? Not knowing the rivers, that sort of thing. And I found that that lack of lack of skill. But I suppose as my skill had my skill built up more, then that may have may have obviously have developed. So now when I'm surfing. Again, I, I can't remember when I, you know, it was 10 years ago, I suppose. I can't remember if I had that level of fear there. Well, you did, because I remember I took you and your son out uh, in front of the golf course in right. Rest Bay, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's very, well, it's rocks. You're jumping off the rocks, effectively. Mm. And you were, you and your son were absolutely, you're quite new to surfing. And you mm. were, whether I should have taken you there or not, it's a different matter of <laughs> discussion for another day. But you were very, very worried about it because mm. um, you're paddling from these rocks, you've got the waves pounding in. Mm. Um, but again, you somehow forced your way yeah. through that, you know, and that was not, there was no experience mm. that yeah. you could call on there. It was just trust in me. I yeah, assume. I think that, that's important <laughs> as well. Trust in the, trust in the, the knowledge and, and skill of the, of the person that you're with. And often in these, in these sort of water sports thing, it was always Neil, it was, who would have had that more experience. So therefore, that would be a sort of... But it's, there was always something there that was in the background. But as the... As the um, as my skill level has developed, particularly in experience in surfing different waves, I feel a lot more comfortable. I, I don't know whether I would say that I've become blasé about it, because even a couple of days ago, in, the, in some of the crappiest um, waves that there have been, I still managed to cut my head open and have to get it glued, uh, glued in the in the hospital. And he's just over, just pulling the pulling the surfboard back and catching myself with a fin. It was just a completely, you know, a nothing sort of accident, if you like. So has that put fear in your head, or it's not not even a concept now? Because some people that'd be like, oh, that could happen again, and uh, I'm not. You know, no, I mean, has, will it have changed it, anything? I don't. I haven't, I haven't surfed since then it's only a couple of days later but i can't imagine it was i have no fear about doing anything else you know i've been in the water straight away but i find it i find it interesting that you know Neil was talking about being and taking it in a more positive approach is that it's it's yeah there is a realistic you, you know you should be mindful that it can be a dangerous situation and but you know as you say you're more likely to have an accident in the vehicle driving down to the beach than you are actually. Or, or in, in my the case, more likely to trip over walking down to the beach, which <laughs> happened. Me and Tom were surfing Lim a few years ago, and I uh, tripped and put my board on top of a spike or something and put a hole in it on the way to the beach. And, I've, uh, I've oh, seen the, uh, Neil's, uh, yeah. Neil, Neil has, uh, <laughs> has got many. If only when you'd had a video camera, and many times we were walking along a, a, just a perfectly flat uh, walkway. Um, as we were going over to the said rocks that uh, Neil was there. So the, we didn't even go to the rocks. It was a completely flat boardwalk. And from out of nowhere, his feet disappeared <laughs> up and he just lay flat on his back. And, uh, but, but I'd learned my lesson because I saved my board. No damage day. to the board. So. No, no damage to the board, just yeah. bugging the elbow up. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But no, so um, yeah, I think that comes back to an act action mm. rather than a reaction if mm -hmm. we're talking about that. So, and again, I think a lot of people have to do that. You see... Some of these you know, real extreme sportsmen, they're meticulously planning, mm. do this, do that. Right, if this happens, I will do this. Mm. Um, I'm thinking now, like, again, climbers, when they're climbing quite, especially free solo or something, mm. you know, they're planning each particular aspect mm. minutely almost, yeah. um, and then backing themselves, backing yeah. their fitness, backing their, 
their uh, back in their skills and experiences. Yeah. I think so, that is important. I mean, my, you know, I think that that's. But sometimes, though, overthink. You know, as you say, the exact words that you use in there was like overthinking. When you start to tell the story, when you start to, um, you know, it's, it's beyond just the, the rational, genuine risks to a, an irrational fear. It's that's that's when the challenge can come, and and you know, do do you experience that in everyday life? I mean, outside of water sports and other you know adventure sports, that sort of thing. Before we go on to that, mm-hmm. can you just uh, what is it you do when it does get big in the surf? Because I've heard you do it a few times. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, it doesn't even matter if it's that big, but I I, I do a little mantra. I don't even know what it means. I don't even know what it is. It I know from, where it came from. It came yeah. from some books we were reading on Nitrium Buddhism, I think. Yeah. And, uh, so what is it? Well, I just, I just say, I say Nam Miyoho Rengeku, and I say it when, when anything's slightly out of the ordinary, and for its practical application for me, just simply as I am, um, I don't know, waves in the distance or whatever, I just, just chant that. And it's rather than I, I can't think at the same time as say it. So is that so, stopping the reaction? So that's my that's how I have found it to be working is that I can't tell a story around anything else. I'm just so and then the action that I do it becomes then just instinctive. It's not thought overthought or you know. And what I do, I try. It becomes more reacting to this you know to the situation responding to the situation rather than than panicking or, or just overthinking it so what does it mean if, what does it mean we just looked it up <laughs> we just look at it well we look at looking back at it it was just it's something it's translated as something like i devote myself to the mystic law of the lotus sutra uh, the wonderful mm. dharma of the lo- of the lotus flower teaching now to me i it, I, don't, I haven't even looked into that in no. any detail. Doesn't that doesn't to my, me that doesn't matter. I thought, I thought it like a brief sort of premise was this about not suffering, you know, mm. facing your difficulties, yeah. something like that. I vaguely recall. Yeah. So yeah, so that's interesting. It's just a little mantra to get you through. Uh, yeah, which people do all the time. Just have a little uh, like uh, what was his name? Gareth Cheeseman, was it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a tiger. Yeah, Alan Partner, yeah. Steve Coogan Steve character. Coogan, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You are a tiger. <laughs> And I get, you know, visualizing and that sort of thing. But, but I, I have found that that. I mean, again, it's not to try to, just to ignore the the the, the thing that's coming up. But it's it's to rather than just to focusing on and telling that story and and uh, going into that cycle of uh, catastrophizing and so on that, that we've spoken about and we'll speak about again. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's kind of that's yeah, so my approach. No, 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 what no, about, side there. Yeah. So. What about? I mean, again, let's let's go back to. To question I was asking then is to, you know in the situation in the water in the outdoor pursuit sort of world, do you see that there's a parallel? Do you can you bring what you've learnt in terms of dealing with fear and difficult situations into everyday life? And if so, can you think of examples of it? Yeah, I think that's that's more difficult for me. I like to feel that the way I cope with stuff day to day in the surf. Sorry or kayaking or whatever, I could apply that to real life, but I don't think it's very easy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific thing. I think the problem with you know, most... I mean, yeah, the truth about acting and reacting is still holds in 
day-to-day life doesn't it is you know making sure you act rather than react and again a lot of people would say that does come from from meditation doesn't it where you you spot the uh, reactivity mm-hmm. um so if you're sat in your meditation pose whatever that may be and again it's not about absence of thoughts it's about spotting when these thoughts arise and i think that's the same so that is a similar thing but what you then do and that sort of blends in the stoic wisdom then with the buddhist sort of meditation is you're then applying these logical steps like you would in analyzing a surf spot or analyzing a river or a waterfall you're then bringing in these logical steps as to you know is it real you know is this actually happening now is my are my thoughts in the future is it something that's directly going to cause me pain and suffering now and most of the time it isn't in day-to-day life is it it's some forecasting of something that's going to affect you in the future um results day coming up like you mentioned (coughs) the you know the true fact of the matter is we don't know what the results are going to be at the moment somebody does somewhere they've already been decided there's nothing we can do no action we can take which will change it at all so the sort of stress and anxiety about that is a waste of energy and many we know that mm. everyone knows that rationally we know that rationally mm. so then how do you approach that day to day well the again the meditation will spot you it allows you it makes you better equipped to realize when these thoughts are arising because you're doing it in a semi-controlled environment when you're meditating mm. and that's unfortunately why it takes a long time because you have to do that day in day out for, for quite a few years i think some people may get there quicker, but you do it for quite a long time. You spot thoughts arising when you're in this controlled state. Um, when the thoughts then arise in an uncontrolled state, day to day, you become better equipped at noticing this is just a thought, this is not real. Mm. And then you can just sort of act the way you want to act rather than react to the thought. Mm. And I think, you know, so yeah, parallels with surfing. And again, you do see a lot of especially in the 70s, Jerry Lopez, people like that, there were a lot of surfers who were very much into their Eastern philosophies and using Zen and stuff to become mm. better surfers. So learning to act rather than react. Um, again, you've always got to react to the wave, but you can control it. So I suppose that's a bit of a paradox. Um, so do I use that day to day? I think I'm getting better at it. Um, when I normally get, I somebody throws something out. Again, it's the things that come from left field, isn't it? Yeah. Is, the things that cause you the real stress and anxiety mm. the, or do they are you better at dealing with them i'm, I'm contradicting myself now are the it, triggers are the points are the things that that hit a button that, that suddenly you get back into that cycle of thinking again again that's a yeah a sort of a reactionary impulse isn't mm. it that this has happened before, and this gets through. Suddenly, the same thing happens again. Mm. Like, well, I know, it's, it's stick with results day, for argument's sake. So suddenly, the results are 10% down. That happened before. And your mind will think, well, what did happen before? And it will it will only remember the bad bits. Mm. You know, it won't remember. And I, I similar with last week with the A-level results, I was okay this year. I didn't get anxious at all about them, unlike some of the pupils, I'm sure. But um, the reason being, I thought, well, I've been through this 20-odd, however many times mm. now, and the following day is always the same. After the results, everything's mm. back to normal. You know, So I think mm. that's something I've been applying more recently as well. If I do look back and think, well, how did my life change after the last, well, 
it didn't. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's affected these pupils and these kids. It can change their life. But for me, yeah, you, you, you know, day to day, no. I think you you mentioned then, I think that's the important part, is it? it it is there's no short term fix for it. This is a long term process by which you're learning to to um, learning to react, to respond to in act more react. to to respond to a situation in a more appropriate way. So there are lots of different little techniques. I found that breathing techniques can be very helpful mm. for me. So to, you know, the fact that my stress in the body you can see it in the in the shortness of your breath where you can reverse that through slowing the yeah. breath reading yeah. techniques i mean even on the the garmin watches that we both happen to have mm. you've got a stress indicator on there mm. and it is surprisingly correct you yeah know? yeah if you look at it you can see yeah, good God. And again, it's heart rate variability yeah, that it measures. A, but definitely, um, there are, and there are things that that hundred percent are going to be helpful in those in those moments where you're kind of you know it's like yeah you're out of kilter. But you know, you, oh, just to finish the point there. So, no, so no, there, my turn to talk. So there, <laughs> so there, when you know other things like going for a run or you know these sort of things, but ultimately you know, they, they all they all have a purpose, but they're not necessarily enable you know. For me, I, 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 they don't maybe develop for the next time. They're, they're away, they're a sticking plaster. It takes my mind mm. off it. Or, or picking up the phone and scrolling. You know, I, I can't think of anything necessarily when I'm scrolling up other than getting angry and, you know, about the, what the particular thing is at that moment. But I'm not, I, I'm not dealing with the actual. You know, I'm not developing as a as a, a human really. So, so they, although they for me they're very useful. Those short little responses the actual work comes in the meditation and that doesn't mean mm. to say that it's any you know as neil mentioned it's not any great mystical thing it's just being comfortable no not even comfortable but being sit sat for maybe five ten minutes where you notice what's going on and it will be a whole storm of all sorts of things sometimes and it's very it's times. very easy to get caught up in catastrophizing yeah. in that time that's why it can yeah. be quite you know, it, certain people in certain states of mind mm-hmm. going straight into this sort of meditation yeah. can be quite disturbing. You but know? To, yeah, but to do it in a way that is, you know, so in, for, for me, it's maybe um, to counting. So breathing in and breathing out is one and doing that for 10, then from 10 back down to one and then, you know, continuing that. So that all you're focusing on there is the counting. It's mm-hmm. that. It's the mantra. That's that's what it is. And it's so difficult to get to ten. Yes, <laughs> because you're so But it doesn't. And the, and the question is, oh, I can't even do that. And yeah. that then, well, right, that there we go. That's interesting. Let's start again. And yeah. That's interesting. And, and again, not chastising yeah. yourself for and the bad it. thought or it's, the bad, it's, you know. Yeah. The, the the challenge is that is that it's actually it isn't easy at all. It yeah. is very difficult to do that. And I, I think people want a quick fix, and there is mm. unfortunately, don't think there is. Mm. And um, it's interesting. You said, you know. I think bringing it round another way is going back to impermanence in everyday life. A couple of weeks ago, well, last week I was away with my parents. We went on a tour of North Yorkshire, if you're that interested. But um, there was a load of us going out for food. We were meeting up some other, uh, well, my partner's relatives. There were so many random dietary issues or that we, I was getting so uptight about what restaurant we could all go to. And in the end, I was just like, this is ridiculous, you know, and I spotted that this was happening. And that's what you do, even though you might not realise it, but I spotted it. 
It's like in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of life, it's meaningless. This restaurant is meaningless. You know, it's going to be one afternoon out of hopefully many, many more days in the future. So, and when we're all on our deathbed, we're not going to look back and think, oh, that restaurant choice was a bit hooky. It didn't matter. It genuinely didn't matter. As long as we could get something somewhere. Yeah. And so, again, putting it in perspective with the grand scheme of, of death, going back to the five remembrances, you know, at some point we're going to die. And all these petty little worries and things, mm. you know, just the fact, and again, it's quite often what I do now, is bring it back to the fact I'm breathing. It doesn't matter what else is going on. If you've got that breath, then you're winning. Mm. <laughs> you know, you really are winning. Then nothing else matters. And mm. uh, as Metallica once said. Um, so, yeah, be grateful. Yeah, all right, I, I'm almost grateful for this challenge. If you take another aspect of Buddhism, the good... There's nothing good and there's nothing bad. Mm. You don't know where it's going to go. Mm. It's only your catastrophizing to assume that this is going to be bad, mm. which makes it so, and then causes anxiety. But if you can just accept, well, this is something that's happening mm. to me, or for me, rather than to me. Mm. So this is happening for me. It's going to make me a stronger person, a better person. It's not necessarily bad, because I don't know where it's going to go. This could go anywhere. I could, all right, I might lose my job, for argument's sake. But who knows what doors that's going to open? It's only me thinking that, because this is so now, it's always going to be so. Mm. Well, it's not. And once you can get your head around, no good or bad as well. I think that's a that's a very powerful yeah. thing to do. Yeah, I think that's definitely definitely the case. And that it seems from from kind of bringing this together is that there seems to be two strands to this. There is yeah, there is the short term response to sort of overcoming that particular moment and and you know whatever it happens to be. But this is a long long process, longer process of um through meditation through discussions you know understanding this idea of impermanence and that you know and all these other other key ideas that but it's noticing that and mm. that's when it comes you can have a theoretical understanding yeah. of it yeah. and that's wonderful and you know until you experience the challenging situation it's interesting yeah, sometimes that can all you think. Oh, all that, all that reading, all that learning, all that meditation—it's gone to nothing. Well, it hasn't because mm. you've noticed it. You're noticing the situation, and that is half of the battle. In, in when I've dealt with you know, particularly stressful situations in the past, it's not even knowing. I'm just in it, and then you're lost. You know, you almost feel lost in it. But if you can notice that, okay, that's what it is. And then next time, maybe you're going to respond to it in a bit more of an effective way, a more appropriate way. And sometimes you don't. And then it's, it's, a, it's a constant, long, long, long process. And again, I think another, you know, is facing things head, head on as well. Mm. Don't run from it. Don't hide from mm. it. I think that's important. So you're in a stress, something happens at work mm -hmm. and suddenly like, I know your boss is having a go at you or whatever. Mm -hmm. is, don't run from it. You know, face up to your, A, your responsibilities, mm. B, your mistakes, mm. and C, do something about it. You know, yeah. don't sit there worrying about it. Just yeah. find a way. And that's what I've been doing this year is I just go head first into it you know mm. right this has been done i'm not going to sit here bemoaning my fate i'm just going to mm. get on with it and find a way of dealing with it and i think yeah not hiding and again that's that's where you can use meditation that's a more in-depth you know there's mm. the buddhists call it sh shamata or samata and uh, vispassana mm. so what we were talking about earlier was shamata meditation really but vispassana is looking a bit more deeply into mm. these, these aspects and that's that takes that's very hard, a very mm. difficult skill that 
I don't think I've got close to any any way of mm. being able to do it in any shape or form. But um, I found I found particularly you know, things like Headspace is really useful for just um, like the app Headspace for that sort of shamata calming down, breathing, focusing, and in, in that stressful situation. I think that in order to get a deeper understanding of you know more insight, as you say, then you need. I would I would be exploring other aspects of, of mm. Buddhism in particular. But uh, yeah, yeah but I think start, though. so. If there's a message of uh, is try and ditch your ego. Mm, <laughs> and, uh, mm. Certainly, don't don't go surfing with your ego uh, on display and kayaking massive waterfalls just because your mates think it's a good idea. <laughs> that is uh, probably not the way to go. But you know. Certainly, day to day life is, yeah, it's a long term thing. But I think there's two aspects of the meditation is it does give you a bit of calm, and that's what people think it is. You know, the general sort of non experienced idea is you're just going to, and it, you, it becomes a bit of a sanctuary at first where you can go, especially if you're having a hard time, you can go and it can feel like, yes, this is, this is quite, you know, a relaxing time. Mm. And then it's sort of you start seeing the, the benefits. And there's plenty of guide, as Tom said, apps and various things online, mm. various websites. Um, perhaps we'll even try and hash one together, but we're not no no <laughs> no way experts at all. But um we could we could try and do something perhaps yeah. in the future. Um but yeah, so sit again, I sit on a chair. I know Tom's got this weird stool, stool thing for meditating, yeah, yeah. but uh but, um, I, yeah. find, I find sitting on a chair for any length of time, my back aches, so yes. that's why uh, that's why I use it. Yeah, perhaps I should ways. look at it. But yeah, I mean, certainly sitting in the, the full lotus position with your legs crossed over your lap and stuff, I, I can't get anywhere no, close to it. It's, it's not important. It's not important. It's, no. Even walking meditation is great. Yeah. Even circling in your back garden, just mm. sort of watching your steps and all mm. this kind of, you know, it's, it's just there. Mm. And it's spotty. It's all about, oh, there's a thought. Right, you can sit there with it for a minute. Okay, that was a thought. And then back to the counting, back to the breath, back mm. to the walking, whatever. And I think, yes, unfortunately, it's quite a long-term thing. I think you see benefits quite quickly, mm. but then it seems to level off. Mm. And it takes a lot then to... It's a, it's a long-term process. And that's and once, you, once you accept that, it's quite liberating. Mm. That you're not, you're not going to be the finished item. You're just not. I don't you, think... You, well, there you, isn't you, a finished there item. There isn't, no. no. And I think that that's, that's key. I'm always learning, always developing... But how, how do we remember these important things, like not good or bad, impermanence? That's difficult, yeah. is remembering yeah. them in day-to-day -day life. And I mean, it's, it's come to the point where I almost thought I should get a tattoo or something, so I can, yeah. you literally yeah. look at your arm and it's like, oh, there we go, impermanence, or not good, not bad, I don't know. Yeah. It is difficult to mm. remember those key things. Most things, like having discussions like this, yes. that's the key. That is Repetition. The key. Constantly. Spiral learning, people. as a guy we know says. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. All Hopefully right, thanks, that Neil. was some use. So um, we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.